evening and welcome back to Apero Talks. Um, it has been overwhelming the amount of love, as I said, previous episode, but now really we've been taking off in a way that we didn't ever expect it. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in and all of your support. And tonight we are bringing all of you to our living room as we couldn't, we can't, we can't go anywhere because of COVID. We have a spread of everything that makes us happy, pas- happy but passeport international. Hey, that's true. We have hummus, we have well, hummus, uh, we have tortillas, we have pulpo and bruschettas as well. And we're drinking a, a what is it today? A Beaujolais. A Beaujolais, a nice bottle From of France. bread. Exactly. So we're mixing everything that maybe shouldn't be going together, but actually it works so well together. <laughs> like all of us when we come together. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, how has your week been? Well, another week, I guess a lot has happened. Um, but I think today's conversation should really focus on us and about our experiences, about our version of passeport à la internationale, whatever that is. What is it for you? God, I mean, when we put in the multiculturalism that comes with globalization, And we see, I mean, just around this table, we have four nationalities. That's right. Um, And we also have more than four languages. Mm -hmm. But we have all of those languages and we have those passports. It is just amazing to see everyone coming together because all of our friends also have multiple nationalities. And that's really where I think Passport International comes from because who are we and do we define ourselves by our nationality? And do we also define ourselves by our language that we speak? Mm. Um, and I think that we need to go into what makes us who we are. And that's why, that's why I think Passport à l'international, I believe it's, you know, it's a future. I agree. And I think, you know, with what I always tell my friends is that I often struggle to have great conversations and build really close relationships with people just because they're my nationality. In fact, I don't care which passport you hold. It's more about who you are, your experiences, your, your, your points of views that, that brings us together. And I think, you know, we wanted to celebrate that because, well, look at us, you know, like we've mentioned and, and, and the kind of world that we lived in, which is a globalized world. And I think it's becoming smaller and smaller, although now it seems further and further away. Because, <laughs> I, mean, yes. I mean, if you look at what, the, you know, it started way before that. But 2016 was really the defining point of America first, Brexit, all of these things that made people want to close off a bit because they were scared yes but you know what i don't think it's people i think it's i think it was the politicians trying to use that card to to bring on power and i think it's always been like that you know how to control control by fear and and i think they were very successful at it because i think you know in a globalized world there will always be the winners and there will always be losers and i feel like although we feel very much the winners we can't forget that a lot of people are struggling because they haven't had the the experiences we have although they don't understand maybe that thanks to having for example in europe an internal market and having a bigger kind of you know uh market to maneuver in there is more competition in a sense and there is more opportunities 
and and you know we are stronger vis-a-vis the other powers like the US and 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 China for example but you know if you're just someone who's not a part of that i can understand how these kind of political terms um of you know refugees coming in or you know religion they're not our religion maybe we should close our borders really you strike fear in people because it's the unknown and when it's the unknown people get scared yeah. I mean, when you, I mean, this will probably be a conversation for a next time talking about politicians and, and how to, to scare and how to manipulate a bit of fear. Um, Chris Rhodes, or Chris Rose, sorry, not Rhodes, Rose, uh, talks about how society can be divided. Mm. And it can be d- divided by um, the prospectors, and wait, let me just look this up because I don't want to say anything silly. Um, it is, you know what? It'll be in a, it'll be another talk. But what were you trying to say? You can divide society up in three parts, and each part has different ways of um, looking at the world and what they take as a priority mm. to them. So um, you have, you have, for example, people that read the Daily Mail, mm. or then you have people that read the Guardian, mm. or then you have people that, that put wealth over education, sure. and the jet setters in life and whatnot, even though jet setters can be very educated, then you can divide, the, you know, the demographic or the population can divide. And I think this would be really interesting in a further conversation, in a further like, episode, to talk about. How do you market to certain people? Oh, yeah. I mean, my whole thesis was, how did Brexit get done? Yeah. How did Cummings see that one word could change one vote? Right. And, and I how really... to appeal to those people, to those voters, for them to, to trigger something inside of them to, to support that, right? I think this will be done on another topic because now we're getting a little bit off topic. Um, <laughs> That's always what happens when you're having up at all talks. <laughs> but, but I mean, bringing it back, I guess, you know, what we wanted to also to talk about today is also about the English language and its influence over the world. You know, when I was studying to international relations and my first, my first ambitions were to be a diplomat, you know, when you think historically French was the diplomatic language. And, and nowadays, if you think about it, the working language in Europe and actually internationally is English. Although, although, mind you, the majority of the world, what, speaks Spanish, Mandarin, you know, Arabic now, Arabic, not English. So, you know, I read an interesting article recently that actually it's not about the amount of people who speak a language. It's the power that that language holds behind it. And then, you know, we could go back to colonization and we can go back to to American uh, uh, pop culture having a huge impact and everyone around the globe knowing who friends are, you know, and 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 it's just it's just incredible how how that is the language but i find it's because it's also easy don't you um i would say <clears throat> being a third culture kid mm. it's so interesting how the third culture kids or generation have adopted the english language as their own mm. because you find yourself where you're at school and you need to pick a second language and you'll pick something that's supposed to be your mother tongue right. but it isn't 
So you would have as a second language the French or the Danish Spanish, or the Polish or the Spanish. Spanish. And that's really where we as a generation or my generation or your generation or just as a demographic, we have changed completely the sense of what is passeport international because we all speak English mm. and we all understand English better and we all read English better than we would our own languages. That's so are right. we losing our culture in this? Are we losing what is culture and being globalized? Mm. Do we have a sense of what it really means for all culture? You know, the, you, if we go back to you know, the basics, basics of what is culture, you know, the big guy was Hofstede. And he talked about, you know, masculinity versus femininity. They, he talked about a bunch of things. Uh, there was, I think, yeah, my notes, power distance, individualism, uncertainty, avoidance, and so on and so forth. But are we so lucky that we all understand each other? Are we so lucky that English is a working language? Because it's, it's easier to talk in English. It is easier to have an qualitarian yeah type of Absolutely. conversation and that's what i wanted to jump on actually because i think english the reason it's so easy is because it's you so whenever you address anyone being friends being hierarchical or whatever it's always in the sense of you right there's no vu there's no two you don't have to also in polish there's like who eight different uh, ways of uh, <laughs> of addressing someone <laughs> of addressing someone and i think that facilitates and i think that breaks down a lot of barriers but i'm going to be honest with you you know my mother tongue is polish yeah this is the first language i learned i remember going to school and i remember not knowing english you know and and that first shock of what are these kids speaking but nowadays i could not work in polish i mean i could but it would require just so much more effort on my behalf just drafting an email because we're just so used to the anglo-saxon american way sort of like bullet points five bullet points you know here in europe we're also working in a european environment where where we've taking the English language and we've Europeanized it with the right words, like, you know, rapporteur now is like a draftsman, you know, and like all these words that we use in, in our daily lives that, that actually are not even part of the English language, but it's, it's become our norm, right? This kind of international English that we speak. But, you know, I, I sometimes struggle myself because I'm like, my gosh, you know, in fact, I should be fluent and, 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 and being able to work and being able to, to, um, to express myself professionally also in my mother tongue. But as I never do it, as I don't even know that specific terminology, I don't, I switch to English and I often just draft my English, like uh, my email, sorry, like half English, half whatever, the words that I know, but everyone understands. You but know? What I find funny is when I hear like a Spaniard on the road or whatever, and um, I'm obviously not part of their conversation, but, you know, I eat Rob, so I want to know what's happening. And they're talking in Spanish, and then suddenly they say, Come si dice? That's <laughs> Italian. No, no, sorry, Italian. <laughs> Come si dice? This and that in yeah. English. Yeah. And I find it so funny because we, we forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We forget at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. But, but, but even, you, do you, does your mannerisms change when you talk? Because I know that when I talk to certain people, my linguistics come into play. And as I'm such a polyglot, because I have grown up in different 
areas and different countries and also my parents could never decide if it was going to be their mother tongue that came first and they decided on of English. Of course, because you become, come from two different parents. Yeah, I come from, from the, different nationalities. I do come from two different nationalities, but I also grew up in areas like New Delhi. So English. Yeah. And then afterwards, Istanbul. Okay, Turkish. But with the influence of globalization that started, it was really starting off at that time. Yeah. English was the language that was yeah. coming because it was all of these American sensationalism, like France and CNN and whatnot. That was coming into our areas. So English was the language that you needed to know. So I know that when I changed my accent mm. to be better understood in a sense or be better liked, I suddenly there's a world of opportunity that opens if if I didn't have that accent, if I could not change, if yeah. I was not polyglot, I would not be have I would not have the opportunities that I have sometimes. So you know, I work for an American company in Europe, and I think the reason that they hired me as well is because I am both, and so I'm able to kind of, even though it's in English in Europe and English in in the U.S., I'm able to translate it from like European English into American English, although it's the same language. And I have to be honest with you that I find myself when I go to Texas, where the headquarters are of my company. After a couple of days of hanging around with them, do you start saying y'all? I start saying y'all and I have a little twang <laughs> and you know and 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 I I I I get them. I get their mannerisms. I get their jokes, you know, and it and it helps so much. But you know, I always like to compare it with my time in India because, you know, I I <laughs> I spent a lot of time in India and and at first it was exciting and then it was devastating because I was like oh gosh how how am I because I was there for business and 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 being a woman in India doing uh, government affairs is is hmm, is is a struggle and then it was kind of finding my own in it and I remember you know one of the first things that struck me with regards to mannerisms is that Indians you know they shake their heads so it's not about nodding when I speak to you right now and I'm looking into your eyes you're nodding and you're to give me that confidence that what I'm saying you're agreeing with it or you're understanding what I'm trying to say instead they were doing this little like shake right from left to right you know how the I, I, I mean I, yeah and I remember that in the beginning I struggled with it so much because I was like okay they're looking at me but are they agreeing what are they thinking and only after you really understand the context around you and the mannerisms and what means yes and what means no and what means maybe you 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 can understand without even saying anything what they're saying but i i tell you i mean it's everywhere like that it's also when you're with the italians and with all the yeah ciao see no you know with all the hand gestures it's 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 normal as we lived in asia <laughs> growing up we used to go to thailand a lot for christmas breaks mm. and my father always used to my father's, my father's a great man, but he's a bit forgetful at times. <laughs> so he would forget his pajamas, for example. Mm. So he would need to go buy pajamas. But as it was a trip of two weeks, three weeks or whatever, he did not want to buy anything expensive. So he would go to the little shop. Yeah. And he, he would come in and he was like, I want this t-shirt, but I don't understand what's written on it. 
And these people were, they would laugh and they would say like, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. And the Thais, they're so kind, but all they do is smile. So even if you're yelling at them, they will smile. It's a bit like the South Africans. If you want to know something, they will say like, this is one of the great things with South Africa. There is, you know, Arabic time, African time. But when you, when a South African says to you, I'll see you now, it means now, right now. If they say, I'll see you now, now, that's, it can be in half an hour, it can be in two hours, it can be in five hours, it can be the next day. <laughs> no one knows. But when my father, he was like, I, like, I just really want to know if the t-shirt doesn't say penis on it. Like, <laughs> like, like, just give me this. And they would just laugh and look at him. They're like, no, no, don't worry. It doesn't. So I understand what you're saying when it comes to India. You, you, you have the feeling that the nod is a yes or a no or I understand or I agree with you it's not that it's uh it's maybe it's 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 a maybe it's a uh, maybe yeah exactly maybe. we'll see exactly but you know i think it, we both read this really interesting book the culture map and i and, and what i liked about it is because the author this uh woman erin meyer she's a professor i think in, in paris in fact she's an american living in france married to a married frenchman. to a frenchman and she's a professor at INSEAD. and she's a professor at INSEAD, and she's also touring them the, before she was going around with all the mbas and kind of giving courses on international business international communi- cross-cultural communications and she she made some very very nice um, comparisons, and and about about how culture really has an impact on how you behave. And her then, kids, her yeah, kids. But listen, but then what there was then there was a lot about feedback saying, well, how can you make these stereotypes? These are silly, you know. Um, stereotyping people is not correct. And she said, of course, we are individuals. But we have to take a cultural context around us. So, for example, in an international business setting, she said there was this Chinese lady who, in fact, had a very international background. She studied in MBAs, whatever, uh, and always working for an international company. She comes to France and she's doing a presentation. And, you know, she's doing this presentation and throughout the presentation, she's being stopped and she's being challenged. So this poor girl at the end of this presentation thinks, oh my goodness, I, I really, I really bombed this. You know, it's, it's horrible. When in fact, after everyone was leaving the room, they were coming to her to congratulate her how well she had done, you know, and she, she, she was shocked because in her culture, you know, that was not normal. People don't ask questions. People give They you, wait. They wait, you know, or they don't, they don't interfere with raising their hand just to be heard. And so, of course, this is an individual. She has her ways. But how she grew up, the kind of educational system, which we can also talk about. Oh, what kind kids, of, but because I had that as well. It, 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 you know, that really, that really um, impacts you. So because maybe someone is not used to kind of, constantly uh you know uh asking questions and 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 challenging doesn't mean that they have actually nothing to say it's just that for them it's not a way to you don't interrupt you have to wait politely right so you see so although you know but what she said with her kids because she has that anecdote in the book um i my mother is scandinavian my father Grew up in France, so he has this very dicté and everything is bad, nah, nah, uh, kind of way of looking at life. And what she says in the book is so correct. Her as being an American, you will give three compliments and then you would say what was bad. Yeah. Whereas the French, 
rien à foutre. It was shit. <laughs> There is a red marker everywhere. Whereas, you know, the, the Americans, the Scandies, everyone would say like, oh, this was good. This was good. This was good. This could be better. And the shock horror to her mm-hmm. as a mother seeing all of this red pen everywhere. She's like, okay, my, my kid is stupid. Like, it's, it's done. It's finished. <laughs> no college. I can use this college money for myself now. Whereas that's not how it is. Mm-hmm. And this is really what... Being a third culture kid is about because we we grow up in all of these different settings and all of these different ways of communicating when it comes to when it comes to to grading something when it comes to to giving you a compliment. You know, if you if you say to a French person, I, I think I put on a little bit of weight, they would say, yeah, maybe you should go to the gym. Whereas if you say to an American or an no, English person, you look amazing, <laughs> you look amazing, but you know, have you been stressed lately? Yeah, like, yeah, has yeah. there, has there been an impact in your life that might have made you a little bit put on weight? So, so you see, it is, it is just so fascinating. And one of the things that is so fascinating about this is that history comes to play Ooh. when, when we talk about culture and as much as we say that globalization happened you know in the last what 40 50 60 years history comes to play every time i was working on a project um when i was doing an internship and it was about the scents that would go into the fragrances that would go into certain types of products and the commission had said we're going to ban these XYZ scents or fragrances. And the companies are freaking out. They're like, oh, what are we doing? Mm. And the head of Southern Europe and the head of Northern Europe came together and was like, this is preposterous. What are we going to do? La, 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 la. And when we looked at the sales, we saw that what was selling like hotcakes in the North were the unfragranced. And what we're selling as hotcakes in the south were the fragrances. You mean the products? The that, products. Yes. And we sat around this fucking table for hours, if not days, trying to understand. Trying to understand. And then the most intelligent person in the group. Well, not maybe not maybe not the you know he was no he's most intelligent you know one of the most intelligent people in the group said guys I figured it out. And we're like, <laughs> congratulations, give us an explanation. Yeah. And he said it all goes back to the Treaty of Westphalia. Hmm. So back in what, 1747 or 46 or whatever it was, whenever oh, the, 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 the treaty was signed, Europe got divided and it was divided in the Protestant Church and the Catholic Church. Hmm. And what was the significance of wealth in the south was the scents and the fragrances that you would put on that would mean that you were clean that you could you had you had the money to clean yourself mm. in a certain way and what was what what happened in the north was the protestants no no incense and no sense and it really comes back to the church when you go into a catholic church if you go into a church in the south that is not a protestant incense. church it is the incense it's the smell that comes out of it absolutely and that's when we realize well that divide really still exists now Mm. and even though it might not be so present because you know 
politics and 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 religion really tie in together for the moment as well and it will always will be and it always has taking this anecdote but it's that something so small still affects how we buy things how we market things how we how we come together as a culture to mm. understand what is happening. Oh, that's so interesting because you know and, and I think this is this is the beauty and the the difficulties of Europe. You know, you asked me recently, what do I think about the European Union? You know, and I think, you know, the beauty of the EU is that in fact we are all, all together and we can travel freely and move freely and work wherever we want and, and the, you know, I think what what the, the most important part of it all is the bigger internal market, you know, giving us access to more products and services. But if you think about Europe as a whole, we are still so divided, not divided, that's not the right word. So everyone has their own country, you know, and, and, and languages are still very prevalent and culture is still Although we are European, and I think because we've had exposure to living yeah, in different countries, yeah, but thank God. Yes, of course, we've had exposure to living in different countries. We 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 can blend in because of our use of mannerisms and changing accents, and mostly because we speak different languages. You know that facilitates a lot, but I still feel like. When you're in Greece, you feel you're in Greece. You know, when, you, when, when you're in Italy, you certainly feel that you're in Italy. When you're in Poland, you certainly feel that you are in Poland. Uh, and the same in Germany, you know, in France. So I, it's, it's, it's working at an EU level. I, I feel like, you know, there, there are these struggles that we're trying to maneuver. And oh my gosh, why would this country vote for this and this country would support that? But I think... In general, I mean, I think it's beautiful. Although I think English is great that we could all communicate and we can have these kind of relationships. I think culture is amazing. I mean, it's such a big part of me, of who I am. And 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 I, I would only want to... I mean, I love the English language. I, I absolutely and love... Have, so now, let me just, before you go, I, I wanted to ask you, because you really have lived everywhere. Where do you feel at home most? <laughs> <laughs> this is a question that I get asked so much and I don't know I don't know I feel so comfortable mm. and so at peace and at, at home in the country that I've lived in the, the least amount of time which is South Africa which is Cape Town wow. I feel so at home and I feel so as you say in French, épanoui. And how come? Because it's really, the like you said, I, the country you've lived the least in. I mean, but you go there regularly, I know. I go there regularly, but I go there regularly because, you know, the, 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 the wildlife and... Well, the wildlife and the people. If not, I wouldn't. I wouldn't continue going. Of course. Because you know, like my, my it, this is this is the weird part about me. No, yeah, I know. No, you know what? I stand by it. It's very normal. I am in love with sharks. <laughs> I am in love with sharks, especially the great white shark. So, if I hadn't gotten this love for South Africa, I can go see great white sharks elsewhere. I could yeah. go to Hawaii. I could go to Australia. I could go to New Zealand, and all of these places are. English, like, you know, they yeah. speak English. Yeah. So I I could go there and that wouldn't, you know, that wouldn't have been the problem. It's the fact that I go to South Africa and when the plane lands, I have this weight lifted off my shoulders and I say to myself, I'm at home. And I hear, because 
South Africa has 11, 11 official languages. Mm. So you can only imagine the culture that comes with those 11 official languages. It is just a melting pot of most of the most of the time it's love unfortunately there has been a lot of negligence to or negligence and racism mm. in the country but that's a whole political story that we could talk about in a later stage but the love and the respect that most people have to each culture it just makes me feel at home because a lot of people are nomads like i am because you know, there are the Dutch that came in, there are the English that came in, there are pockets of the country that are just so prevalent in everyday life that is just amazing. It is really just I mean, I I can't I can't talk about it enough. I mean I love this country. But it's amazing, you see, it's amazing because this goes back to the passport, you know, you, we, we hold different passports, but yet there are these countries that we visit that, that we have a huge impact on us and, and you feel so at home. I also have several countries that when I go there, it's, it's, it's my second home. I feel wonderful. I feel like that I'm, I'm completely, um, you know, in my element. And although these are countries not where I grew up, and they're not they're they're not a part of you know my culture, but they are a part of my culture. But do you, you, have, you do know you know ever I mean? have this and and this is this is a word that we have in French that is so beautiful, dépaysagement. Mm. There is is there because you can't you can't really translate it to English, where you where you don't recognize your paysage, dépaysagement. Yeah. I feel great in South Africa I feel like if I'm at home but then where I live now I'm a bit depaisé I understand how everything works I understand its politics I speak the language I, I you know I can yell and I can make my my point hurt <laughs> but I am a bit depaisé mm. I I don't have the, the smells and the heat and the culture and the and and the music and the food and everything that comes with it. I don't yeah. know if you've had that, like because you know you've grown you've grown up in the states. Yeah, I didn't have that in the states. I didn't have that in the and states. And also this political correctness in the states. Yeah, because we here we say fuck shit whatever. No <laughs> one bats an eye. And I think and I think that's 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 uh, part of the 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 things I I I my struggles with the US there's there's a lot of things that i think are cool because i think growing up going to high school there and to university you know i was exposed to being with people from all over the world which was always great i i was always truly in an international setting you know also in high school i went to a school where people were speaking the majority of people spoke different languages at home, you know, so it was not like this very American uh, suburban life. But you had a great time with the Iranians as well. Oh, the Persians. oh my gosh. Oh my, but the Persians were the best, but that was university, but that was university. Oh yes. And I remember, you know, I remember going over to uh, and a very dear, dear friend of mine, uh, my second year of university, and she she took me over to her home and, and her parents welcomed me with so much love. And when I was there, 
I felt like I was in my culture, you know, because we also have this huge sense of community, huge sense of family and love. And food. And food, food, <laughs> food, 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 and drink, and drink, and drink. And so I felt just like, this, this is great. And so, okay. It's so, a savoir vivre. It's a savoir vivre. And I have to say that and maybe... Bon I'm being well, that, and that also comes with personality, I feel. But, but I think, you know, living in the U.S., having access to all these communities that were living there and you know what's beautiful about the US is people can thrive in their communities and and um okay maybe the recent rhetoric is what it was but in general you know i remember being part of the polish community and and my friend and and having friends in the russian community and the serbian community and the italian community and in the middle eastern community and the lebanese community and we were all friends we're all friends well we all bonded that our parents came from different places and we spoke a different language and we didn't have peanut butter and jelly for lunch you know that was that was the that was the, the thing did you ever felt that, did, sorry I'm, i'm cutting you off but did you ever feel a sense of racism when it came to you taking out something that smelled a little bit different than a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Yes, 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 yes. Also, because if you were coming from Eastern Europe in the 90s, it was considered like you but, were but, but, but of a, lo a lower, lower, lower... But... Half. <laughs> so, so, I don't want to talk about racism, but I want to talk about what happened to your culture when they approached you with this sense of racism. Did you completely forget it? Did you say to your, did you, did you stand up for your culture? Yeah. Or did you say, oh no, I'm sorry, and go somewhere else? Or say, oh no, but I, but you have to understand my parents don't know what peanut butter and jelly is. Did you stand up for your culture? I, well, I'm, I did stand up for myself, but I, I am very fortunate because I had two very strong parents and I remember, and, and they, they always said to them, to, to me, Although I remember, I remember, you know, uh, if you, there, there was a lot of, yeah, no, it's not, it wasn't racism. There were jokes. There were jokes about, you know, coming from poor countries, you know. And, and I remember one time I was also going to school on the weekends to maintain my language and culture and whatever. And I didn't want to. I wanted to wake up like the American kids on Saturday and watch cartoons, you know. And I remember kind of getting into arguments with my parents about this. Now I am thankful. And when I was already in high school, I was already very thankful that they pushed me for that. And my parents always, my father always said to me, he's like, you show them that it's not the case. Then you, you, you be the one that shows them that they are wrong. But I, I you know... It's it's and and thanks to that you know I was always very proud of who I am and where but I that's come why from. You're, that, but that's why you're you're a strong person. Yeah, but so I think family and 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 parents. But of course, there were many families where you know it was very sad because the kids were coming back to their country and they couldn't speak to to the grandmas anymore because you know the only language they spoke they were Americanized and they were only speaking in English. And I find that so sad because I find you know the but friends that we have imagine the friends that we have that are in mixed couples, majority of our friends are in mixed couples and are expats, their children are five and speak five languages. You know, it's amazing. Spanish, French, Polish, Iraq, whatever, whatever. They speak these languages. And that is the biggest gift you can give a child, I think. You know, the access to the world, in fact, you know. But I mean, as they say, the world is your oyster. And God wants... Once this is all over and we all have our vaccines, the world would re-become our oyster. And so where will you go first when this is all over? Oh, I'm going to Cape Town. <laughs> so indeed. I am, I am going to Cape Town. I am going to go see my little great white sharks or big great white sharks, inshallah. And um, 
and I'm gonna have a nice braai and a nice little castle light with my apéro with biltong. And I have no I idea will... what you're saying, but I, I love what I mean. This is music to my ears, Rox, and I hope you take me with you. I'll, I'll, I'll come, come, come. You just have to stand me and my sharks, but <laughs> but you know I love the sea, so I'm there. No, but no, but thank you for this conversation. I it was it was very interesting. It was very interesting to to hear your perspective because we <clears throat> we can go off topic when it comes to multiculturalism and to globalization and to what is a passeport international what is it fundamentally yeah. and i think that we we actually have grounds to have another episode on this because it is so present in our life and it will continue to be present until the day we die absolutely um but for next week we, we have an are... interesting topic it's not just the two of us next no week. next week we have a dear friend of martha's yeah from the u.s that is going to be talking about what well, we all be talking about mental health and talking about how it impacts our body, how it impacts our mind, how, you know, the our mannerisms, as we said previously, change. Absolutely. And, and I and hope I, that you guys tune in because yeah. it's going to be very interesting. And I think she it's going to be a very sincere discussion and more over how to turn that into opportunities for yourself how to turn something positive to something positive and i think how to find the light in the darkness and well um let me tell you i i think it's needed for all of us because it's it's um it's a relative topic it's right a relative now. topic and and um and i think uh we we would welcome all of you to tune in and listen to us again but guys, as always, follow us on Instagram at Talks. Uh, no, not.com, just Talks on Instagram. And uh, send us emails if you have questions, if you, if you liked what we said, if you don't like what we said. If, if you, you have, have ideas, ideas of what you want us to say. <laughs> if you have questions, please send us emails at um, aperotalks at, at gmail.com. And then sign into our DMs on Instagram, follow us. And we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for joining. Ciao. Bye.